Hi, and welcome once again to your backstage pass for the 28th annual Boscombs Berks Jazz Fest. It's getting ever closer, and I probably shouldn't say this because you might be watching this at any point. But the Jazz Fest is every spring here in Reading, Pennsylvania, made possible by the Berks Arts Council. We thank them for that, and they also make this backstage pass series possible. And it's where we have an opportunity to kind of sit backstage, if you will, with different artists, with promoters, with volunteers, uh, around the Jazz Fest and get some of that story that we don't typically get as an audience member. And I want to welcome and thank you, Peter White, for joining us. Uh, great to be here. I, I appreciate that. You know, last time, and welcome to our Adobe, or, uh, because last time you and I talked, we were at the Miller Center and yes. it was between your, your Christmas show, which, by the way, I have to bring that up. Do you know, uh, it's, it's become tradition for many, many people here that their holiday doesn't start till they get to that Christmas show that you've been doing how many years now? Um, 14 Is it, years. Yeah. Actually, I missed the last Christmas season missed because I was on tour with Dave Cars oh. and doing his Christmas show and we didn't make it to Reading. It didn't work but out, But we yeah. will be back this December for sure. Is there something, you know, when you do a Christmas show, and I wonder that even when I watch it, uh, because it's those traditional songs we always, you know, th these are what we want to hear, yet when you go year after year, you make it different. Is that a challenging to do a holiday kind of standard show? It's a lot of fun. These are, these are great songs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all, every song is tried and tested and, you know, by time. And we... Uh, you know, we're all, we're all artists. I'm doing it this year with Rick Braun and Huge Groove. And it's very easy, I think, for us to play the Christmas music in the way that suits our style, because that's what we do. Yeah. And if a song doesn't suit our style, we'll just kind of leave it by the wayside. But, you know, pretty much any Christmas song, we'll find a way to do it that's a little bit different. Um, you know, if it's a slow song, we'll make it upbeat. If it's an upbeat song, we might make it slow. Yeah. Just to make it different. Make it your touch. And uh, you, it's you, fun. You mentioned yeah. Huge Groove. You're playing with him this year. And yes. Keiko Matsui, right? Yes. At, at the Jazz Festival, the Berks Jazz Festival, we will be playing together. Keiko, uh, wonderful lyric, lyricism of her playing. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Melodic, um, dynamic, Japanese lady, just brilliant musician. And... Um, now, on the other end of the spectrum, we have a huge groove. American roots, very funky music, and I'm kind of in the middle. That's how I see my role in that show. So who so sets I'm the, the stage? You know, when you have those, those three diverse backgrounds and, and roots, if you will, how, who sets the stage in blending that, making it work? We all, we all do. We listen to each other's songs. Sometimes we make suggestions as to uh, songs that the other artists can play that, 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 that will fit, you know, all of us. But there's always a place for us to fit. Um, there's usually some guitar in Keiko's music, for instance, and in Yuji's music. And there's usually some saxophone in Keiko's music. So we're drawn out of our comfort zone a little bit because we're not playing our music, but we're playing someone else's music. But that's good for us. Do you like and that? Yeah, I do. I, mean, I think it's one of the great uh, things about what we do is that we're very often put in these situations where we're collaborating with other artists who come from wildly different backgrounds. You know, right. I grew up in England. Keiko grew up in Japan. Yeah. 
Huge grew up in Maryland. So it's pretty diverse just in terms of culture. Yeah. And we all listen to different music. Like I'll say to Keiko, oh, you remember this song? And she goes, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> Growing up in Japan, no, she didn't hear that song. And Yuji um, will say to me, well, don't you know this song? And I go, well, no, I wasn't living in America in the 60s. <laughs> so a lot of the songs went to England, but a lot of them didn't. Right, like, right. for instance, he plays Shotgun by Junior Walker. And if I wasn't a musician and I wasn't playing alongside with him, I don't think I would even know that song because oh. it was never a hit in England. What was, what was your um, influence in England growing up? Where, where were your, what was happening in the musical world that well, made you say, I, I want to go play that's this a very, guitar? That's a very easy question to answer, and maybe you can guess. It was the early 60s. Beatles. As the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. They touched us, too. <laughs> I remember walking out into the playground, and I heard some kids going, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, what is this, yeah, yeah, yeah? What is that? And they were singing the Beatles song. That's how you were and, first introduced and to that, them? That's I didn't know, because I wasn't listening to the radio before then. And it was after that I started listening to the radio. And I started to hear the Beatles, and the sound of the guitar just captivated me, like a day trip, a down, 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 down. I thought, this is the greatest, okay. <laughs> this is the greatest sound I've ever heard. You know, uh, that got me interested in playing the guitar, quite honestly, uh, around the age of seven or eight. So prior and to that, you weren't playing any musical instruments? I was, I think I was playing the piano before that, and my, my father also got me playing the recorder. The re oh, right, right, right. You know, that, the, the, uh, looks like a flute. Yeah, it's like of, a flute. Yeah. And, um, that was probably my first instrument. And he taught us, me and my brother and sister, to play Christmas music. Oh, so yeah, the, the first music I ever played was Christmas music, all the way back then, in the, you know, in the early 60s. So you were yeah. first influenced by your dad. He was a yeah. musician? He played the piano. Professionally? He, he wasn't a professional, no. But he, he liked to play, and he encouraged me to play the piano. And uh, he got me my first guitar, even though he never encouraged me to play the guitar. The guitar was there. And I started just, you know, plucking one string. I, I never had a lesson. To this day, I've never had a lesson on guitar. You're kidding me. No, I just wow. picked it up by listening to the radio, hearing those guitar riffs like on the Beatles records, and uh, just trying to imitate. Did you learn the piano the same way, by ear? I learned the piano. I had piano lessons, but, but I... My favorite time playing the piano was when I put the music away and I just started oh. banging out chords by myself and also trying to imitate what I heard on the radio. So I've always learned by ear. And people say, well, do you read music? I do read music. And my dad taught me to read music, but I relate the music to the piano because oh, that's okay. how I learn. Okay. I don't relate music to the guitar because I never made that connection. Well, how did you get connected to the smooth jazz world? Your influences are rock and roll. Um, I was, I, I joined a band when I was 20 years old. I started playing with Al Stewart, mm. who was known as a folk singer in England. Mm -hmm. But he put a band together and he wanted to make it big in, in America. And he did, because he recorded an album called The Year of the Cat in 1976, which I was involved in. Uh, I played on that, that record, and um, that was the first time 
that I play the nylon string guitar because that's the sound he wanted to hear. And uh, there was a song on that album called On the Border which features me playing the nylon string guitar. And it was the first time I'd ever been in a recording studio, which was Abbey Road, by the way. Wow. I was thrilled to be in the home of the Beatles, you know, considering how many years I, I'd been following them. Um, but that song became a big part of his show. For, and I played with him for 20 years. I want to go get that album now. Yeah. You're going to go get and it. You're the cat and listen. If you, get, if you find the original, what they call the gatefold, remember, mm -hmm. it opens up, yes. LP, yeah. there's a picture of me in there when I was just turning 21. So that Very was your young. introduction not yeah. only to the nylon guitar, but to America. Yeah, we came to America. We were touring. Actually, Philadelphia is where we landed. The f my very first trip, and um, the Academy of Music in Philadelphia was out. Yeah. My very first gig yeah. in America. So that's how I got introduced to Nine That's a pretty good gig for your first yeah. gig in America. And um, when I came to do my first solo album, and quite honestly, I heard Acoustic Alchemy oh. on the radio, like who were another English band, and I thought, wow, I love what these guys are doing. I want to do something like this. Mm -hmm. That's what got me thinking that I could make my own album and maybe I would get played on the radio. So you started writing music at that point? I, I had already been writing music with Al Stewart. Okay. Uh, the song Time Passages, I wrote with him, which was a top 10 hit in 1978. I remember it well. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it was 10 years after that that I started actually thinking that I could have a solo career. And you've done very well in this solo I'm still career. here. Yes, yes. <laughs> After th was it almost uh, you know, 20, 28 years. Who's counting when you're having that much fun, right? But you, yeah. you've made a career out of this, and you've played with I, I'm numerous musicians along the way. Um, is there a lot of rehearsal that goes on prior to that when you meet a new musician, or you just kind of show up and maybe... Sometimes there is. We did collaboration tours in the 1995. I think we did the first Guitars and Saxes tour. Mm which was a collaboration of me, Richard Elliott, uh, Craig Chikiso, and Warren Hill. And we did get together and rehearse for a few yeah. days for that. For a few days. And I thought it was, I thought this was the worst idea ever. I thought all the egos coming together in one room, we're all gonna be arguing, no one's gonna agree on anything. And yet it was the best thing that ever happened because it got me out of being a sideman and on the road playing my music, you might even, even though my first album had been recorded, what, four years before. Hmm. It, listening to your, your, um, the picture you're painting with all oh. of these different musicians from all parts of the world, and you're thinking this is going to be a catastrophe, who's going to dominate, and it reminds me of, of the saying that uni our music is the universal language. Yeah. So no matter where you're from, everybody's speaking that language. Yes. Do you sense that when you're in the studio with somebody you've never met before? You're talking absolutely, the same. Absolutely. And someone can say, oh, um, this song goes like this, and this is what I want you to play here, and it's a kind of this, kind of. And I'm going, you know, just let me listen to it. Yeah. And I'll play what I, what I feel, and really then we'll go from there. And it usually works, because that's how I learned by listening. Mm -hmm. And no one, if anyone explains something to me, it doesn't usually help. <laughs> because the music that I'm hearing explains everything to me that I need to know. It's how you feel it yeah. more than it can be explained. Yes. We have five questions. We ask everybody. Five questions. Yes, in, in this backstage pass. 
And number one. Number one. Are you ready? <laughs> jazz music. We've talked a little bit about how you got into it. What does jazz music mean to you when you hear that? I first started into jazz music. Actually, when I was about 16 in England, I went to a, a used record store. Mm -hmm. and there was LPs then, and I bought two uh, jazz albums, which were both by English artists, by the way. Uh, Dudley Moore was one of them. Oh. Dudley Moore, who was a fantastic jazz pianist. And I thought this music was so amazing that I, I never really heard music like that. I grew up listening to rock and roll. You know, for 10 years previously, I'd just been listening to rock and pop and the Beatles. And, so there was a mystery there in, in, the, in the jazz music that um, it kind of eluded me. And then one day, a few years later, I heard an album by George Benson called Breezing. Mm. And it all kind of clicked for me. I think he's playing the guitar kind of like a piano. He's not using effects. He's not using distortion. He's not using a wah-wah. <laughs> he's not using any of these things that I associated with electric guitar. Mm -hmm. He's just playing pure melody. And that really influenced me a lot. And, um, how has that experience and in, in your, your um, introduction to jazz music influenced you? It made me realize that you don't need vocals necessarily. Um, if you have melody, it's pretty much the answer to everything. Hmm. If you have a good melody and if you can marry that with a good strong beat, which jazz music up to that point uh, to me hadn't really, the beat Had was this very ethereal, you know, it's all and I was used to hearing the thump, thump of the kick drum. Oh, okay, okay. Fact, yeah, there's not a strong. You can say, what's the difference between smooth jazz and traditional jazz? Well, you can hear the kick drum. Okay. In smooth jazz, in fact, it's a big part of it because because it's taken from pop, really. Smooth jazz is taken from pop, and and funk, and traditional jazz is really um, a whole different thing. It's it's not really. It's 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 its own art form. Jazz is it, uh, what they call it, American classical music. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. smooth jazz is your wheelhouse, so to speak. Well, so they call it smooth jazz. I don't particularly relate to that uh, moniker, but then again, I don't relate to any moniker. Um, that is true. Because because we're musicians, we play the music. We don't describe the music. Right, We've right. spent many 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 countless hours sitting in dark rooms, windowless <laughs> rooms, trying to learn to play our instrument, uh, not trying to learn how to describe it. Right, just play it. So Who are your mentors, your jazz mentors? Well, probably George Benson, mm -hmm. uh, Joe Pass, who, brilliant, I met him once. He played a little club in Los Angeles called the Vine Street Bar and Grill. And I went down there to see him and I just sat there and he's there and I'm here, like, like oh, this distance. Oh, that's a treat, isn't it? And I said to him, I, I got to meet him and I asked him one question. Well, I, it was more of a statement and it was just kind of a stupid thing to say because growing up playing rock and roll, I, you know, you play in the keys of the guitar that makes it easy, like A, yeah. these are open <laughs> strings, <laughs> D, G, these are easy chords because th this is the open strings of the guitar that you use to make chords. And he, he was playing an A flat, E flat. I why would a guitar player choose to play an A-flat? You can't use any open strings. And it was just kind of mystifying to me. And I even asked him this. This is my question. I said, Joe, Mr. Pass, whatever I call him, you know, you're not really afraid of those flat keys, are you? And he looked at me like, they're all the same. Oh. And I wish I could have fallen through the floorboards. But 
Did you incorporate that in your music then? Uh, Understanding that it's well, all the same? I do actually. My, one of my biggest songs is a song of Bueno Funk, and it's in B flat. There you go. So you own B flat that. minor, and that yeah, I, I owe Joe. You know what a what a what a genius. And it you know that was a humiliating moment for me, but humbling. Let's say humbling moment for me. I realized you know what, there's a whole world of music out here that I'm not cognizant of. I'm not. I've got to do some education here because I'm, yeah. I've grown up playing rock and roll, and we're just going, dun, 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 you know, the open strings, and then and there's Joe going, doo, 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 and playing all these <laughs> delicate things. I think, man, there's a lot about the guitar that I don't know, and I'm, I'm never would be at Joe's level, and I don't really consider myself a jazz player, but uh, in the in the way that he used the any key, any key was the same to him. That's what he said to me, and I realized, you know, I mustn't be afraid. Well, in those humbling moments, that's in yeah. all through life, that's when you, we learn the most. So you've, you've pictured or captured very well how people have impacted you, mentors have impacted you. What do you think or what would you like your jazz legacy, your music legacy to be? It's a tough question because you're living it now, but it's what's your really, legacy? It's really not a tough question. What is it? And um, It's funny that the questions you think are tough, I find easy. The oh, first okay. questions that, that you find easy, I find tough. Isn't that? <laughs> like, like, what does jazz mean to me? That's a tough question. Uh, my legacy is, well, I was on a cruise ship recently mm -hmm. playing my music, and a lot of people came up to me and said, just keep doing what you're doing. Your music means a lot to us. We listen to your music every Aww. every Saturday. That's what we listen Peter White music, this is the soundtrack to our lives. And I'm going, wow, wow. I've impacted these people. I've made a difference in their lives. That's all I want. I don't, I don't care that somebody said he was the greatest musician. There's many greater musicians than me. But if I've created music that stays and, and stands the test of time and, and affects people's lives and makes people, make people happy yeah. Yeah. and become the soundtrack to their lives. Oh, we took a long car trip and we listened to your music the whole time. Wow. It's interesting because we started the, the interview uh, or this story that way, how um, that your Christmas concert becomes yeah. a personal tradition in people's lives. Yeah. And finally, Peter, the Boscov's um, Berks Jazz Fest, a favorite moment. doesn't have to be the ultimate one, but what's, what's a favorite moment when you're talking about You say, I remember at that festival we... There are a lot of favorite moments. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, meeting Keiko Matsui for the first time uh -huh. at Berks, and this goes back... 25 years, I think, and I was, ah, it's Keiko Matsui. I mean, now she's become a friend, and we've played music together, and I'm not so gaga. But, but you were starstruck? Well, yes. Bit, yeah? Well, yes, I was, yeah. Um, Mindy Abair I met also, and she, but it was the other end, because she was actually backing up John Tesh at the Scottish Rite, and she says, I, hi, I'm Mindy Abair and I've got some songs I'd like you to listen to and oh. on a CD, and I didn't know who she was. And, and years later, we started the Christmas tour yeah, together. Yeah, you did. And um, another one, um, I'm playing my show, and I see Boney James at the side mm. of the stage. And I said, come on. And Boney came out and played three or four songs with me. And that was a thrill, because I'm a huge Boney James fan. Another time I'm playing, and at the side of the stage, I see the whole of Spira Gyra. All of them? Yes. <laughs> Looking at me like, you know. I said, wow. That's a pretty That's big really moment. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, you know, it really throws us all together. And it's a very, it's, it's, what's, it's a great leveler, you know. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you're a big star, you're, you're just up and coming. 
you can get to rub shoulders with all these people and, and possibly get to play with them on stage because we're all kind of we all play on the same stages. That is a perfect snapshot of what Boscov's Brooks Jazz Fest is, and it's the same for the audience. You get to be up close and personal. We are looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your time today, Peter. I appreciate it, and we look forward to the show. You're most welcome. Thank you Thanks. for having me today.